This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bidvoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. This weekend on Cafe Mocha, Deborah Cox inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. We're taking you down to Barbados. A throwback interview with Latoya Luckett, formerly of Destiny's Child. We talk about motherhood. Cafe Mocha begins now. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, one of our favorites. You know her as the great singer and hostess, Latoya Luckett. Welcome back to Cafe Mocha, Latoya. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> How have you been? What's up? Man, I've been good. Mommy and on the go. That's all I'll say. Now, you know, Latoya, you had a baby during the pandemic, and I know you had to be freaked out about that. Tell me, how how did that happen? I mean, I know how it happened. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, we know how it happened, but it's the timing of it all. I wasn't planning for it, that's for sure. I don't, of course, none of us were planning for the pandemic, but I, you know, Tyson was definitely a surprise. Um, And I remember, I guess, right before we went into the pandemic, Child, I had a nosebleed, and I've never had a nosebleed, like never in my life, ever. And I remember sitting down for breakfast, and we had just finished celebrating my daughter's birthday, so a lot of my family was there, and they were like, um, what's going on with your nose? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, your nose is bleeding, like it's about to, like, it's bad, it's aggressive. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? Child, I had a straight-up nosebleed, and we started to Google what, you know, some of the reasons why people's nosebleeds and all that. And they were like, it's either that or you pregnant. And I was like, I so ain't pregnant, baby. I was every bit of pregnant oh, with my wow. son. And then months, like, I think maybe a month later, we were in a pandemic. So you had two little ones almost back to back. How has it been managing them? Man, it's a minute by minute thing. Yeah, it's it's a diaper, a Lego to the face, minute to minute, <laughs> like uh, changing this, uh, you know, moving around. It's it, it really is. But it's the best. I don't want to say job because it's not a job, but it's the best blessing I could have ever asked for. Of course, you know, I'm still learning how to manage my time, my career, all those different things. Parenting does not come with a pamphlet or anything else. So um, <laughs> Uh, batteries are not included with these little ones, but it's, I love it. I love it. I can tell that you do Latoya. You know, I follow you on Instagram and um, one of your posts, you were discussing weight loss goals and you were interrupted by your daughter. And uh, she, I can tell you, Gianna stole the show. Can I tell you that? Can I tell you that? <laughs> Does she always though? It's like all the time. It's like, it, I think anytime she feels me recording, She's like, hold on, let me, I need to get in on this. And I'm like, sis, you, first of all, she's a superstar of the family. Let's just not, you know, let's, let's just make that real clear. But she's definitely not camera shy. She's, her personality is starting to blossom. And I just love it. I feed it. You know, tell us about the fact that with you being a mom like this, 
And mm-hmm. did, because you, you were talking about your weight loss journey, did you have pressure, you know, do, getting that snap back? I did. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't come from people. People are, you know, around me were like, girl, you need to lose some weight. I just kind of felt like I wanted to feel like, I don't want to say myself again, because while I was pregnant, I felt like myself. While, you know, after having a kid, I felt like myself. But you have this, I want to get back to my norm before this major thing happened. Um, and I think I put the pressure on myself to, you know, get back to what I thought was some normalcy. But I, I, even through that process, I was like, you know what? Be okay with where you are. Be okay with, you know, not fitting into those jeans that you fit before you had your kids. Like, it's, it's really okay. This is you. This is you mm-hmm. in a new chapter of your life. And you have to be okay with that. And I think, too, with being an actress, um, there's a pressure, especially the way they want to see, if you will, um, certain roles played and, you know, how that character should look. I think I started to feel like, oh, man, like I won't get casted as this if I look like this or, you know, they ain't going to understand these chins or my neck being thick. And really, it was just me being hard on myself when Mm -hmm. we we shouldn't have to feel like that. You know what I mean? This is a beautiful process. It is. And regardless of what weight you are, you we I shouldn't feel like I have to to weigh a certain, you know, amount of weight or not weigh a certain amount of weight to get casted in a role. Like but I, I did find myself I mean, I'm human and I did find myself um putting pressure on myself to look a certain way before I started auditioning again or, you know, just getting back out there again. How did you find your snapback? Um, you know, it, a, certain, a, a few things helped. I, um, I know you guys see me post all the time about like the protein shakes that I do with, uh, look at me giving a plug, Body Complete Rx, also working out. Uh, finding that me time is like very important. So um, what waste? I love them when I'm working out in the gym. Um, it helps sweat some of that extra, those calories off. But, yeah, finding that mommy me time to really get in the gym, work out, meditate, just to sit still is so important. And I know one of the things as well that I was on a mission for after having kids was a product that I felt um, would make me feel like me again, if you will. Uh (laughs) Um, And that was so on my funny story. So touche, right? I'm the new brand ambassador for Couché um, and the new face. And how I even became that is I was on a mission to look for a product or a couple of products of washes for myself, if you know what I mean, for uh-huh. uh, we'll call her baby sis. Mm-hmm. Because when there's so much trauma going on a baby sis, uh, things start to switch up about, you know, the pH balance. Everything is a little different. It's a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I went looking for this product and I found two extraordinary black women who had just created the product and they had deodorants, they had shaving creams, they had the, the I'll call her the baby sis wash um, that was all natural and, and made, of course, by a OBGYN. So oh. that was like, I was, it was my go-to and they ended up, we ended up, you know, curating a wonderful partnership and here we are. Um, but I was wanting to find things to 
makes me look and feel like me again um, after having kids. Couche, shout out to them. I'm using their stuff and representing for it really, really hard because I totally believe in the product. It's Cafe Mocha. This is Angelique. The Barbados Food and Rum Festival returned this year after being on break during the pandemic. Joining us to talk about the festival is Tanisha Holder. She's one of the bigwigs over at Barbados Tourism <laughs> Marketing, Inc. Yeah, I said it, Tanisha. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Angelique. No problem. I mean, I feel like in talking about the festival, the words food and rum say it all. How can you go wrong with those combinations? Um, it says it says absolutely everything, in my opinion. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I couldn't come to the festival this year. So for those who haven't been, how does it work? I mean, is it, yeah, just explain how it works. So first off, Barbados is the culinary capital of the Caribbean. And we don't just give ourselves that title. We have more restaurants per capita than any other Caribbean destination. So our chefs didn't know what they're doing, mm. to put it mildly. Uh, but the, the Food and Rum Festival is where our chefs, our mixologists, it's their time to show off. You know, you go to, you go to Barbados during, at, at any point during the year, you can find the best fish cutter. That's what we call this, the sandwich. The best, the best fish sandwich you've ever eaten to dining at one of the fine dining restaurants overlooking the, uh, overlooking the ocean. And you will find amazing food in Barbados. But for the festival, the chefs come together. They, they, they create, you know, special dishes. We, we also pair some international chefs. We brought, this year we brought uh, some chefs from the U.S. market uh, down to the festival, merged those with the, internet, with the local chefs, and they made absolute magic. When I understand you had a vegan chef this year. We did. Well, now, I mean, vegan is such a buzzword here in the U.S. What does it mean in Barbados? I mean, does anybody care about that? The, the, thing, is, the thing is, you will find, as with, as with anywhere in the world, you will find those, that niche market that absolutely cares and pays, pays the most attention to it. And the great thing is, is that the vegan chef, she brings her Barbadian approach, her Bajan flair to whatever it is she's creating. So me, personally, I, I was at the festival and I am not a vegan by any stretch of the imagination, but I absolutely love her food. Her mm. name is uh, Chef, Chef Anne-Marie Leach. I told her husband, who's also one of the, one of, one of the, one of the featured chefs, I said, hey, you, know, you have to watch out. Your wife is killing it. She is <laughs> killing it in, the, <laughs> in, this, in this sector. But uh, yeah, I know the food was absolutely amazing. But to, to uh, compliment that, Barbados is the birthplace of rum. So... When rum was invented, when, when rum was, uh, when it first started, we were there. Um, so let me ask you, while we're talking about vegan and food, my mom happens to be a vegan chef. Are, you know, when you come to the festival, are there opportunities for you to cook? I know Lonnie Love likes to do a little amateur cooking as well. Is there a chance for you to get your hands dirty and do some cooking and learn some recipes? Well, of course there is. So this year we had a number of uh, cooking demos. Each of the chefs, they did uh, very boutique uh, cooking demos where you were able to get, you know, intimate with the, with the chefs, ask them the questions that, you know, that you could take back home and, uh, and try yourself. 
for those who are so inclined. Uh, that is a that is a an important role in in the festival training. Uh, you know, you come there to learn. Of course, you come there to eat and have a good time. But we know that there are persons who really want to cultivate their craft, and you know. Um, is this festival the same time every year, late October? Late October, that's when we do it. Let's talk a little bit more about the food. What kinds of eating experiences can people, you know, expect? I mean, some of us are fish people. Some of us love our pork. I mean, when it comes to the dishes, what can people expect? I think the one thing you can definitely expect is diversity. Mm-hmm. So like 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 you mentioned, uh, some people love their pork. Barbadians, we absolutely love our pork. Uh, we have a, a tradition on Saturday mornings. It's called, it's called sauce, S-O-U-S-E. And that's pickled, it's pickled pork. We uh, throw it together with some breadfruit and some sweet potato. And that is a Saturday tradition for many Barbadians. So, so that's something that, you know, it's home, it's home to us. It feels and it tastes like home. Cafe Mocha, we're talking about the Barbados food and rum experience. Cafe Mocha TV went down there to get the full experience. We're talking to Tanisha Holder. She was there. She also works. Uh, she also works with Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc. I do want to talk about the rum because it is that is half of what the festival is about. So, what's special about the rum in Barbados? Mm-hmm. So it's it's half of what the festival the festival is about, and it's all of who we are. So mm-hmm. rum, we take our rum, we take our rum very very seriously. Barbados is the birthplace of rum. We we are home to the world's oldest rum. So it's very much is uh, ingrained in our culture and everything that we do. Even you'll find with the chefs, they're cooking those dishes and they're throwing some rum in. Trust yeah. and believe. <laughs> Trust <laughs> and believe. Uh, but we have we have four distilleries uh, currently operating on the island, uh, producing producing rum on a day to day basis, and it's amazing the diversity of flavors that you can you can you can find um, across the distilleries, even on one small island like Barbados. Um, so you can come down to the island. Do there be that we have rum tours where we take you through the entire process if you're into that type of thing. You know, you get to taste the rum, uh, the various types of rum. Or you could just come in wherever you go. Somebody will offer you a rum punch hey. uh, on every corner, wherever you go. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. Guarantee. <laughs> and you and you haven't really you haven't really tried rum until you've had a Beijing rum punch at sunset. Like that is the that's when you know you're living. Okay, so <laughs> Cafe Mocha TV took a tour of Mount Gay. Can you tell mm-hmm. us what Mount Gay is? They are the rum that invented rum. They are they are the the oldest rum uh, distillery in the world. Uh, it bottled in 1703. That was an amazing tour. I can imagine just seeing how it all began uh, and seeing how the the distillery has uh, progressed. They have now have a female master blender, Miss um, Julianne, and you know they're doing amazing things. Well, let's uh, let's listen into a little bit of the tour for us. Making rum is like a, a puzzle. I can give you everything. I can give you the water from the well, the molasses, the yeast, the barrel. You go home, you make something that may or may not be amazing. But you're not going to be able to replicate a Mount Gay rum as you will always be missing the most important piece, and that is our master blender, Trudy and Biker. Now, these master blenders need to know what everything in these warehouses tastes like. They have a 50,000 barrels of rum. 
Because we're not looking for a particular rum in a barrel, we're looking for the components that's going to make that rum unique. They're going to smell and taste the liquid. They're looking for the vanilla, the citrus, the mocha. They're going to take what they need to blend them together again to give you consistency. Cafe Mocha Angelique on the line with Tanisha Holder from visitbarbados.org. So how does the rum tasting work? Is it like the winery where you just, you know, do the tour and then at the end you get to drink all the good stuff? Pretty much. But, uh, you know, of course, you have to add a little flair. So you do the tour, you, you hear all the all the history, and then we, we go through the various types of rum, the more aged ones versus the younger ones. Uh, and then at the end, you get to do, you get to learn how to mix a, a rum cocktail, you know, finding that perfect balance, finding that perfect balance so that it's palatable. You know, you can drink a few and be, and be okay. <laughs> let's uh let's listen in to uh a little bit of the rum tasting you all are free to grab your glasses no drinking until i say however have yourself it's okay now for wine the whole idea behind twirling that glass is to agitate the alcohol but wine is usually like 12 to 16 percent this is 43 you're not agitating it, you're making it angry, so please don't do that. <laughs> Instead, let's gently pass it beneath their noses. Inhaling deeply. What can you smell? Vanilla. A little banana. Bananas, good. Can you smell the molasses, the brown sugar? Good. Mm-hmm. And what about those spices? Cinnamon, clove, nutmeg. <laughs> smells very nice. Now we're going to taste it, okay? Now please. Rule of thumb, never judge a spirit by the first set or the second. Sometimes it takes a bottle, but, you know, we're not judging. We're talking about the Barbados Food and Rum Festival. Go to visitbarbados.org. My question for you is besides food and rum, when I think of Barbados, of course I think of gorgeous beaches. Um, Is there a favorite beach? Is there a must-see, must-visit beach? Oh, that's a hard, that's a hard question. But my, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my personal favorite. So I, I am a big fan of paddle boarding. Okay. So this beach, Pebbles, Pebbles Beach, which is pretty, it's a pretty central beach. It's, it's my all in one beach. So you can do water sports here. The tide is calm enough that you can have a nice swim if you're not into, if you're not into too much activity, you don't want to go surfing. That's fine. You could have a, you could have a nice leisurely swim there. Paddle boarding is, is big there. It's also, uh, it's also the beach where early in the morning you will see horses from our nearby uh, garrison coming over to the beach to have a sea bath. That's part of their uh, part of their ritual with their trainers. They will come and it, the ho- you're literally seeing the horses in the water. Some people take part in the process. Not me. I'm, I'll keep my distance. But yeah. some people, t- <laughs> but some people take part in the process. It's, it's an amazing view to watch. It's not something that you'll see. Just anywhere, you can you can of course just lay back, uh, have an umbrella and a chair, uh, rum punch in hand, and and sunbathe. That's fine as well. What about cultural stuff for those of us who don't want to get our hair wet? <laughs> <laughs> well, those of us like me. Uh, so, <laughs> so the, again, it depends on the individual. So, if you're into if you're into soft adventure, uh, we have a we have a number of. Uh, on island tours so you can go you know off-road activities there's uh, off-road fury there's one called tour you and this is you're going you know through the hills and the valleys of barbados and cool. you, you know you, 
here you're seeing you're seeing those those beautiful views without the hiking however if you if you are if you are interested in the hiking there there are the hiking trails as well and they will take you to some amazing breathtaking views uh, of the island we also have harson's cave which is just a wonder so you can you can essentially spend a full day at harson's cave it's you see all these stalactites, these stalagmites, the, the formations that have been formed um, over the years. Do a tram tour through there. There's an optical course there as well. And of course, there's a rum tasting as part of the, the entire experience. So it's family friendly uh, and definitely some place that you must you must visit on island. And um, have you met Rihanna yet? <laughs> Barbados is a small place. So you, will, you will be hard pressed to find a Barbadian who has not met Rihanna. That's what I will say. <laughs> I mean, how active does she come back often? Does she do any of the events? Uh, it depends. I guess it depends on her schedule, but she is yeah. on island um, from time to time. You would. So, you know, if you book a flight, you may ha- you might happen to see her uh, on the beach somewhere. You know, <laughs> there's always there's always that possibility. All right. Well, <laughs> we look forward to next year. I will be ready for sure next year, next October. Um, miss how it. far? How far ahead should we start planning? Get the ticket. I mean, I now. I'd say go now. I say but I say but those airline tickets right now. Okay, Tanisha Holder. She's from Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc. Thank you so much, and thanks for inviting us, and thanks for you know sort of showing us around not a problem it was it was truly my pleasure and i look forward to hosting you again then we'll get to meet face to face with some rum yes yes and some and some food and some more rum (laughs) yeah you got it (laughs) thank you tanisha thank you as well have a good one here's your dose of espresso Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso. Maryland just got their first black governor, Wes Moore. We are going to be a state that's going to do big things and bold things. And we're going to make make sure that we actually have 21st century schools, that people should be safe in their own communities. And the things that when we talk about these issues, these are not Democratic issues. These are not Republican issues. These are issues that all Marylanders believe in. Jamel Hill's new book is out. She joined Roland Martin to talk about leaving ESPN. You know, as much as this job changed my life and as big as the limelight was, I was like, I really hate doing this. Like, I'm tired of coming in every day and fighting to be myself. Like, I just I just can't get down like that. And the hottest new show on TV is a cop show called East New York. And the top cop is played by a black woman. Apparently, the actress that stars in it, Amanda Warren, knows a thing about cop life. Uh, I'm in a long-term relationship with a wonderful man who is a law enforcement officer. So that's how I trained. And uh, so I trained clearing the, uh, the house and, you know, and at the gun range and things like that. East New York, Sunday nights on CBS. That's the espresso. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, along with Alani Love, joining us right now. She was inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. The first black woman. (laughs) And my friend. (laughs) Miss Deborah Cox, welcome to Cafe Mocha. Hey, hey, ladies. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Congratulations on this amazing achievement. As Lonnie just said, first Black woman. How does that feel? Amazing. Amazing. So validating. You know, all the hard work, all the sacrifices. And, um, you know, you don't really realize what kind of impact you're making until you see things in retrospect, you know, and that's just kind of how this whole thing has been. I've been able to kind of reflect on all of the the hard work and, and see all of the ground that's been um, broken so that others coming after me will be able to, you know, to be able to have a, a career in music. It feels really, really gratifying and, and validating. Let's talk about how at first you were rejected by the yeah. hall. Let's talk about that a little bit and how you were able to overcome it. I, I think it's all about using the rejection to redirect you, you know, and it's about finding that confidence, even though you don't quite know what direction to take, you just got to keep going. And at, at the time, there weren't a lot of outlets. There was no real infrastructure. A lot of radio stations weren't really supporting R&B or soul music. Like this was in the early 90s. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have BET. I didn't grow up with a lot of the programming that you have here in America. So it was very, very difficult. But even with the no's, you know, we just went to, uh, you know, where there was encouragement and went to places that were going to be very receptive to the music. And one of the stops that we made was, and when I say we, I mean my husband, LaSalle's and I, we, um, we pounded the pavement and we went to Minneapolis and we saw one of the execs at uh, Flight Time where Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were located. And, and she told us, she said, you know, we love the songs on this but you got to play, you got to write something that we can hear on the radio tomorrow. So we left that meeting really encouraged and we went back to the studio and we wrote a song called, where do we go from here? And that was the song that essentially got my record deal with Clive Davis and and started the whole journey. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like when I look at Canadian artists now, I mean, Drake comes to mind, uh, Leona. Weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, so many, so many Canadian artists. Is that your fault? Do you get credit? Do you get credit for that? Yes, yes. Okay. When you're a pioneer, you're the first, you know, the first to like break the ground and and make it easier for everyone else to come through and to have opportunity. And, you know, it's about being relentless. You know how it is in this business, Um, not just as, as a black person, but as a black woman. And so I was, I've always been very, very ambitious. I've always been, I've always taken the fearless approach and I've always been the type of person that didn't want to be put in a box. I wanted to be able to have the same opportunity as any other artist out there. And for Canadian music being predominantly white at the time, I didn't let any of that discourage me. I just kept going. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Uh, Deborah Cox, Canadian singer, songwriter, actress, and record producer. And now she is the first Black woman to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Tell us about mm-hmm. being a backup vocalist for Celine Dion. How exciting was Ooh. that? <laughs> 
it was amazing. It was a huge opportunity at the time. You know, it was the early 90s. I didn't really have, you know, I was really going from session to session, doing commercial jingles, singing background for different artists. And then this opportunity came up to be her background singer. Uh, we took the bus during a blizzard out to Montreal and, and did the audition. And I got, I got the part and I ended up being with her for about four or five months before I realized that I wanted to do my own thing. And although the gig was really, it paid a lot, it was great, it was a wonderful opportunity, I still wanted to branch out and do my own thing. So I took a, a chance and, and left the tour and um, continued pounding the pavement and sending out uh, demo tapes. I then finally add- got to Clive and yeah. Yeah. I want I definitely want to talk about you being mm-hmm. discovered by Clive Davis, but I want to pause for a minute because yeah. we've all been at the place where we had that really cool job, that really great gig that most people would kill for. Yep. And yep. there's that fork in the road where it's like, yo, I, I'm safe here. This is safe. It's comfortable. Why exactly. would like how do you move past that thing that's comfortable and go for the thing? fearlessly the thing that you really want well you know I think a a big part of it is wanting to have my own uniqueness wanted wanting to have my own voice and that was the driving factor you know and and I had a dream you know I I just I had a dream of doing the exact same thing that she was doing and I knew that it was just going to take you know extra effort and it was going to take really a lot of sacrifice, which meant leaving the tour and just kind of branching out on my own and, and still pounding the pavement and, and networking and meeting different people. But it also meant, you know, really leaving and, and, and traveling. And so we had made a lot of different uh, connections when uh, we were out in L.A. at the time. You know, Arsenio Hall show was popping and Jay Leno was popping. And we just, you know, met different people. And finally, we got it to an exec who got it to Clive Davis's office and we were managed to uh, take a meeting with him and he got the vision. You know, that's the other thing. When you get with people that get you, that understand you and understand your artistry, that's like, that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, meeting Clive Davis, he, he is a career shaper, a career changer. I mean, you know, he, I don't want to say created Whitney Houston, but Whitney Houston, <laughs> you know, a big hit. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, so, it's, it's, you got to find people that are willing to, you know, do the artist development. You know what I mean? It takes time to build um, and to create icons. It takes, it takes music. It takes a lot of records. It takes a lot of recording and a lot of grooming and, um, you know, helping the artist to feel comfortable in their own skin. Like there's a lot of work and money that needs to be, you know, that to help you put yourself to put you in that kind of a position. And Clive was really a believer and took the time and, and really rallied the whole company behind me so that I could, um, you know, have my own voice in the industry. I'm very, very thankful for the, for the opportunity, you know, to get out there and, and do my thing. But they don't really do artist development like that anymore, do they? I mean, don't they just Not grab anymore. them off of YouTube and go, okay. Well, that's why everybody is the same now. I mean, you know, just to be quite right. frank, that's why, you know, someone like Deborah Cox is still to this day singing, still making hits, still in a right. I mean, that's why. This is, it used to be a time, you know, Deborah, they used to, you know, yep. put you through it. They used to groom you. They used to yeah. make you. You know, exactly. understand what style was and make you find your own style. Not now, everybody. That's right. I was listening to the song, a song the other day. I didn't know if it was 
LMA or SZA or this, uh, right. uh, uh, Kalani. I mean, and they're all great girls, but it's like they all sound right. and it's no uniqueness. And so that's what I'm saying. We've True. lost that. You know, I mean, we, we've really lost that. Um, but you've stayed true to who you are and to our female listeners. Um, you know, how can we, as just women, mm-hmm. in your opinion, mm-hmm. stay true to ourselves, even when it looks like we need to go with everybody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that you will be tempted to kind of go with the flow and just take the easy route, which is, you know, kind of end up blending in and being like everybody else. And it really takes bravery and, and courage to step outside of the norm and do your own thing. And I would say to any woman that's embarking on this kind of career to like stay true to yourself, believe in yourself, stick with it, don't give up. Because that one person that says yes can be the person that changes the whole trajectory of your career. And in my case, that's what happened. It was a matter of just being patient, a matter of sticking with integrity and really, really just believe, believing in what I was doing, believing that I had something to offer to the industry, you know. And not taking no for an answer. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Deborah Cox. We're just sitting here congratulating her being the first black woman inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. And, you know, meeting Clive Davis and working with him, you couldn't help but meet the iconic Whitney Houston. Can you tell us a little bit about Whitney and your friendship? Well, it was a really, a really beautiful connection, you know. I went from thinking that she was going to be a real huge diva to meeting her and really getting to understand that she was really about sisterhood and mentorship. And she really was very, very encouraging. And when you, when you talk to a lot of the artists who came up in the nineties around the time when she was doing her thing, you know, all of us had this real connection with her and, and it was just that she wanted to see everyone shine. You know what I mean? She was not, a selfish performer. She always, she, she embraced all of us and knew that all of us had our own vibe and our own thing going. And, and I loved that about her. Um, we had a really great sisterhood, you know, when she was down here in Miami and stuff, we'd connect just outside of music and we'd talk about family. And I mean, she's the one that encouraged me to, to have children and have a family and and make sure that I had balance. And every time I saw her, she'd be like, where, you, where them babies at, girl? Where them babies at? <laughs> she was always, <laughs> she was just really encouraging when it came to making sure that the industry was about having balance and living a life, you know what I mean? And making sure that, um, that I had both. And, and I really appreciated that as a, as a young artist coming up, you know, that's not the kind of advice that you always get from people. You no, know? That's definitely the opposite of the kind of advice that you get from people. Girl, you need to focus right. on your career. You need to make that money exactly. while you're young and firm. Right. Don't be out there. You know, Deborah, it is so nice to hear you say that about Whitney Houston, because so often, <laughs> and not necessarily about Whitney, but about women right. in general, it's always the caddy. It's always there's, there's not enough room for everyone. There's always the feuding right. that the rumored feuding. So it's beautiful to hear that you know Whitney was like come on girl get yours I love it right yeah yeah I mean we would be at the Clive parties of Tony Braxton Faye Monica Shanice 
you know, Shantae, like all of us. And we all have the same response when it comes to her, that she was just like the big sister who embraced all of us because she knew the kind of impact that she had on all of us. We all listened to her, you know what I mean? And we all just, you know, loved her voice and were influenced. And I think that's really, that's a real star. You know what I mean? When you don't have to dim your light for other people to feel comfortable. And she was, she was just that kind of superstar. She really was this incredible, gentle soul of a woman who had a big, big heart and a love for music. She just loved music. Cafe Mocha on the line. Uh, Deborah Cox, Canadian singer, songwriter, actress, and record producer. And now she is the first Black woman to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. In 2015, three years after Whitney's tragic death, um, you were asked to provide the vocals for Angela Bassett's Houston biopic, um, Whitney. How was it to to do this um, in honor of your friend? Well, you know, when Angela (laughs) calls, (laughs) you take that call. And Mm -hmm. she really had a vision for, you know, this was her directorial debut for the the biopic. And she really wanted to make sure that the music represented her well. And so did I, you know, being a fan and being someone who really wanted to see um, her represented correctly. And, and when she asked me to do it, I was like, anything you need. You know, I literally flew out there. We went to, into the studio and I cut like six songs that night. I mean, with a, it was, the time frame was very quick, but we made sure that we, you know, crossed every T and dotted every I and made sure that we represented, you know, the best that we could. And, and we wanted to make sure that the piece was, was represented in a real respectful way. So... Anytime I'm asked to do something like that, I just approach it with humility, you know, because it's about paying homage to her legacy. And um, and I felt really, really honored to do it. Angela would be in there giving me direction. Okay, in this scene, this is happening. And, and, you know, she's, you know, really distraught. So you got to keep that in mind. So I had to really act and sing as well, you know, and, and let people feel the emotion of the scene. It wasn't just about singing the songs like a record. So there was a real, um, you know, we had to be really sensitive with the approach taken, you know, to sing the songs. So while we didn't have a whole lot of time, we really were very, you know, precious about it. And we wanted to make sure that it was done right. We're talking to Deborah Cox since we are talking about Whitney, her legacy. You also played in the bodyguard starred in the role that on stage right yeah and so I wanted to talk about that because man you had to sing the song you know right. what I'm saying that <laughs> song I, say, I saw it and it was fabulous. and Lonnie was there yes yeah we Lonnie, there. everybody came out to support yeah it was awesome it was it's always and, and thanks for that you know thank you for always being there to support you know it, it means a lot and I, and that's part of again being a woman in this industry that you don't hear a lot about is just the camaraderie and the sisterhood that we all have for each other and our art and our work and what we're doing. You know, that's important. The bodyguard, I knew I had big shoes to fill, you know? Mm -hmm. I knew it was a huge undertaking and I knew that people were going to come, you know, ready and waiting to hear that, you know, I will always love you. I knew that. But again, I I went in with, with a lot of reverence and I went in with a lot of respect and I just, 
did the best that I could to, to create the essence of her, which was, you know, this, this, the real, true, genuine spirit and love of music that she had. And, I, and that was my approach. I just approached every song with a very pure connection. And, and that was it. And I just kind of let, let God use, use me and just kept it moving. <laughs> And um and I got through the tour, you know. You make us proud, and you make me <laughs> on my toes because you look good, girl. Follow Deborah on <laughs> IG, you. also DebraCox.com. Uh, you will not yes. be disappointed. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you, ladies. Hope to see you soon. Lonnie Love's been off starring in a movie. Yo-Yo's working on a TV show. They're both back next weekend. Until that time, you can find us on all platforms. At Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.